0: What is up, everyone? Happy five years to Heart Guy Media, to the Sight and Sound podcast. And uh, we're going to fucking do Creep Show today. What better movie to cover as a part two of our five year celebration? We did Body Bags with Dan from Inked Up. And Eric and I are back here today. And we're covering George A. Motherfucking Romero's Creep Show, written by Stephen King. Amazing anthology, classic George the fucking King. Amazing actors and actresses in this. Eric, are we fucking pumped for this or what?
1: I'm so pumped. Uh, I got to think that this is the, and I think everyone would agree, the granddaddy of all horror anthologies. I got to think, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, when this. you think of that, I think. Uh, creep show is head and shoulders uh everyone's favorite most of the time uh and a goddamn classic for sure so
0: yeah just uh i mean you get king and romero you fucking you shuffle them around in a fucking in a in a in a, in a grease bag and you get fucking the amazingness of this creep show um Before we dive into that, let's talk a little bit about being around for fucking five years. We may not be as consistent as other podcasts. We may not have a real format like other podcasts. Um, (laughs) But we also just do this for the fucking fun of it, for shits, for gigs. Um, And yeah, this has been a fucking five fucking years. Five years goes by pretty fucking quick.
1: It really does, man. I guess we would like to call it guerrilla style. We're guerrilla style podcasting. Uh, yeah man it's been a lot of fun I mean you kind of being at the helm of everything when you first got this started I was super excited and five years really did fly by but some of the uh, episodes I've been able to be a part of uh, were a lot of have been a lot of fun and uh, you know we always talked about we have a group text and just being together just talking the shit that we talk all the time yeah uh, sports, music, movies, everything—we just uh, ramble on and on about. So this was a grand idea, and it's been amazing. So here's to however many more years uh, of the of uh, the pod, and I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, it's uh well that last one with body bags doing that with Dan was great because that's exactly what that was what the podcast was always meant to be and always wanted. We always wanted it to be it was just fun, just bullshitting. Like, especially with someone like Dan, he obviously is about four and four or five hours away from us in Persephone. Like, oh, you, he's a little closer to you, uh, I think. Um, Yeah, about being, two hours from me, I'd say. About yeah. two hours from you. Um, That was just great, just because we see Dan at cons and stuff, and, and I'll bullshit with him every now and then. But it was cool to fucking just kick back for a couple hours and just shoot the shit and, and wax intellectual about fucking johnny carp and toby and body bags that was a lot of fun
1: yeah for sure covering that was really fun obviously we talked about it in the pod so everyone should listen to it if they haven't but just about how that's like really an unsung film and and not talked about enough so super fun super organic uh, conversation with dan uh we also had chongo on the that as well who put in about thirty seven seconds worth of uh <laughs> of talk of dialogue but de- fun nonetheless uh definitely an awesome way to celebrate these five years with the body bags uh, over the weekend and now uh creep show so
0: yeah man it's uh you know what uh if you had uh i think we did this i don't know when the fuck we did it last we did it at some point I can't remember when. yeah but what would, what would have been some of the favorite episodes so far? Yeah, I mean, I know it's like
1: it's it's going to sound cheesy because it's fresh in our mind, but that one on Saturday was like really just super it was super fun. I mean,
0: like we were saying, um, though, that one's like that's like our bread and butter right there. It's just kicking back, like sucking on a fucking chili dog and some fucking <laughs> diet Pepsi and fucking just bullshit.
1: Yeah, I mean. Just for for me, I mean, I think I always loved it when we do any of the list episodes. Like, those are super fun. Um, just because I know maybe for some people it might be boring, but, like, this is what we talk about. So it's really cool to just kind of put out, hash out people's lists, give people shit for liking this more than another thing. Um, you know, that those have really been fun. Uh, just, you know, even ones I haven't been involved with, like, I really loved... Uh, your conversations with uh, with Keith and James from 18 Visions, those for me was really cool to see. I was almost I was just so pumped for you because I know, you know, 18 Visions is like your your band, and everyone's got like that band. and And I know that was a really kind of uh, I mean that was an amazing moment for you. So I was super pumped for you on those as well. I know that's something that those were somewhat recent. So if no one has checked those out, definitely go check those out as well. So.
0: Yeah, I mean that's what's fun. It's fun. It's really fun doing the music ones. Like even when we're just bullshitting. Like when we did the Metallica top the top ten Metallica songs and ranked the albums. That was a lot of fun. That was just a couple, you know, weeks ago over the summer. That was a lot of fun. Um Yeah, for sure. Yeah, all the all the music one. definitely want to do some more music ones. Um, we ought to fucking do like uh like new like a new bias fucking day where we fucking once every once every two weeks or something we'll do like a fucking episode where we display like what we bought fucking recently be it vinyl or fucking movies and shit
1: yeah yeah i know we've done that stuff in the past uh, here and there um and uh, i know we talked about just posting about whatever movies or music we're listening to i know you recently posted that one and i slept on posting mine as well but I think that'll be fun to start doing that stuff as well. Just keep people engaged and kind of uh, share what we're listening to or what we're watching with everyone um, as well. The new buy thing is great, obviously because we know we all have that sickness of buying CDs, vinyl, Blu-rays, v- whatever cassettes, VHS tapes where we're buying posters we're buying it. So uh, that'll be a fun uh, little thing we could do as well. for consumers. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes I guess some people would call it uh, to a, to a fault. Say it's to a fault, but uh, it's something we love. So other people spend money on this and that, whatever we spend money on, uh, records, movies, and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's a good thing. I think it's a good thing.
0: It definitely is. Um, yeah, I always go when I think about the best episodes. Um, like I said, that one we did with Dan recently was fucking awesome. The Obviously, the 18 vision ones with James and Keith were amazing. Um, the one I'm I'm do I did with Cameron that'll be coming out next week. That was a, Cameron Miller from uh Ducat, and formerly a seizures, the singer of seizures. Um, that was a he's tight with the 18 V dude, so that was a lot of fun to fucking just bullshit with him. I always go back to that Friday the 13th episode. Er, uh that friday the 13th one we did where we did every friday the 13th film and it was like almost four hours long
1: yeah that one was crazy that was awesome too i think of the one uh, where we talked to jason Zink from uh yeah who who directed uh and wrote straight edge kegger because that movie was a lot of fun and and the the company that put uh helped put that out scream team releasing i'm a big fan of theirs and i thought that was really cool um uh you know we had we haven't had a lot of film directors uh, on the show so i thought that was really a really cool episode as well
0: yeah i uh the noelle leblanc one too um noelle from damone like she's done like maybe one or two other podcasts ever um and just being a big Demone fan like i i love to do that one but yeah, like
1: that that one was like i think towards the beginning right i remember when you did that um, Yeah,
0: it was, it was It was that was only about like seven or eight months into the podcast I think. yeah that's awesome that's so awesome um but yeah we don't have a lot of guests like i'm i am not a fucking interviewer like in the, even like the smallest sense like i can't like i just want like when like a like like a james or a keith were on like i'm just want to fucking ask questions that i'm just okay. i just want to pick their brain like right right uh like i'm not like so what where's your headspace? like like i mean it's just i don't i don't ever want to yeah
1: it's it's very easy to come off in a certain type of way i understand what you mean but i mean uh, i think the interview episodes that you've done or we've been on together have been a lot of fun and i'm sure we'll probably do more at some point but yeah i know exactly what you mean sometimes you you can come off a type of way you don't you know i don't want to come off like you're being annoying or just being cheesy but i know so i know exactly what to mean but yeah we don't treat them like that anyway so it's been any interview episode's been a lot of fun as well for sure yeah we've
0: we've definitely met a lot of cool people through doing the podcast too like obviously like um meeting up with like ready to retro like max and, and chelsea and chris like max is someone that i text like uh every so often it's fun to just get into convos with him and they they focus more on like the 90s nostalgic stuff um right yeah awesome stuff stuff. like always doing like ninja turtle shit or power ranger stuff i know he just did like a power rangers month and like obviously like we've linked up a few times with um greg from neon brainiacs and ben and lance uh once or twice as well like uh just meeting people through the pod is uh has been fun for sure,
1: yeah, for sure. All both, I mean, if and again, if no one's checked those shows out, Ready to Retro and, and Neon Brainiacs, check those out. They're both amazing, uh, and they're all really great people too. So that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, for sure. And shout out to anybody who's uh helped us out along the way and appeared on episodes. Big shout out to our boy Lou, Lou Smith of Burger Creek Productions of fucking Lurking Class. He's been. I mean, Lou did all the Ramones episodes with me. He's done fucking. He was a part of. We did Chud together. We he was a part of uh, the Halloween three legacy week. Um, I'm trying to think who else has been on. Um, yeah, I mean obviously B- BT, you know I BT, B-T my brother,
1: T-T, of course uh, Chongo. You've heard us talk about Chongo, uh, our buddy Sean. He's uh you know he drops in very few things, but he's there. He's there. He's there yeah. in spirit always. <laughs> And BT blue has been great. Yeah, anybody check out uh, Lurking Classes band or uh, Burger Creek Productions as well on Instagram or wherever else. Um, yeah, so many. I mean, a lot of a lot of great people throughout the years for sure.
0: Now this is a special episode, not just because we're celebrating five years, but in November Creep Show turns forty years old. This is the fortieth year of Creep Show. Forty years that this movie has been out, and as pretty much been it was an instant classic I'm sure then but I can't remember a time where I didn't know creep show um creep show is so fucking integral to like my youth and watching it and right. you get uh five stories five in an anthology movie or is uh, you know body bags you get 3 creep show you're getting fucking five stories yeah I mean that's probably I think some of the newer anthologies you maybe
1: get a yeah. lot now too but yeah i mean for sure five is is a tremendous amount i mean i think the, what, there was only three in in the sequel right creep show two there's only three yeah so so yeah there you go
0: um yeah so creep show turning 40 we got george obviously anybody <laughs> that has paid attention to us knows that the podcast we had all these conversations before all when we have our list episodes we've probably ran through those lists several times we're just bringing it to a recorded format at that point but george passes away in july 2017 and then toby about a month and a week later passed away and that's when we were pretty much like we should really do a podcast because we just lost two of our masters of horror and Obviously, with us meeting George a few times as well, like we kinda a i mean we didn't fucking we didn't smoke a marb with him uh, <laughs> but uh,
1: but I will say I mean amazing experiences in our life, both yeah uh, times we met George i mean he was of all the people we've met, um big or small, he was one of the cooler people i mean he was had a lot of personality and uh seemed really happy to meet everyone, which was obviously you know being. I know yeah. we love him so much. So that was that, that experience.
0: That first time when we met him at, at Saturday Nightmares in Jersey City, he was just like, he was on, like, he had his coffee. He fucking He sucked down a couple cigs. Like, so he was in full swing, fucking.
1: Yeah, that one was, was, uh, he was in a good mood and it wasn't, uh, there wasn't a tremendous amount of people. Uh, so that was another, it was more intimate. Yeah. The, for the, sure. the later, when we met him later and, uh, Cherry Hill uh, for at Monster Mania, there was a lot more people, Uh, so it probably, you know, a little bit different of an experience because of that, but yeah, the first time was really cool, really an intimate experience, so. And we had a goddamn digital camera, so that tells you when it was and what was going on. We took like 30 pictures we thought we didn't take any, so.
0: 2000 (laughs) motherfucking
1: 10. Uh, Which, you know, you say that doesn't sound like it's that long ago, but it is. It is.
0: Yeah, so I mean, creep show, we got original screenplay by Stephen King with George directing. You know, this is a year after Night Riders, three years after uh Dawn of the Dead. um, so this is this is a really interesting time period for George right and we have I mean, the the fucking lineup in this movie is insane. So the movie ends up, it it actually was at the Cannes Film Festival, May 16th, 1982. It's funny when you hear about the Cannes Music Festival or Cannes, whatever you want to call it. It's so funny. You think of like these movies that are getting like, you know, that are just like more dramatic pieces or whatever and documentaries and stuff. Like a creep show at, at Cannes is fucking amazing.
1: Yeah, I guess now it is kind of funny to think about. It. I'm sure that they still get some like.
0: I'm guessing they
1: still get some like crazy like maybe horror Ter- films now. Terrifier
0: but. wasn't at Cannes. We'll just say. That. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. I mean, it's awesome to think about that at that. Uh, Cannes, like the south of France, right? Like, so. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool to think about that. Creep shows being played
0: there. <laughs> I just want. I just want to be in like one of those little French cafes. And George and Steve King are just fucking like, ah, yeah. Go over to get some cheese, Steve. I love that because you're just smoking wide open everywhere. Oh yeah, eighty two. You're smoking fucking everywhere. You're smoking in the fucking yeah. pizza hut. You're smoking in Food Land,
1: especially in France. You're probably smoking. The kids are probably smoking.
0: Oh, <laughs> puts hair on their under their arms. <laughs> um Even the women. Um, So it gets released in November 10th, 82, had an $8 million budge at $21 million in the box. So,
1: yeah, it did pretty good, right? Like people were pumped on it when it came out. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So we got the fucking prologue, which has our boy, Tommy Atkins, Tommy Atkins in it playing like, I know he's supposed to be the dad, but there's no way he ain't the stepdad.
1: Definitely playing the mean old stepdad for sure. Although he just seems like they don't announce it. Playing Tommy just does it all. You know, he's a lover, he's a fighter, he's a dickhead, he's a, he's charming.
0: He can do it all. He
1: shows, he shows his dickhead side in this one.
0: But uh, playing playing the role of the kid in this prologue wraparound is fucking Joe Hill, son of fucking Stephen King.
1: Yeah, Joe Joe Hill, aka Joe King, chose the old different name for his writer writing, which is interesting but uh i think it's awesome
0: yeah but yeah it shows him getting 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 his ass cracked face macked fucking by tom atkins and, and you know because he's reading the fucking horror show the horror comic you know yeah i mean i guess it's was kind he of porn. was he reading pornos too or was it just the horror comic that he was bent out by i think it was just comics right? i don't believe oh or, no or, no oh. he just makes the he makes the comment about the nudie things yeah his- yeah and then he gets a smack yeah reading the ec
1: style comics which obviously this is kind of based off of is, is that style of comics and i know they did a comic shortly after this and the same kind of feel and they're actually going to be doing a, a new comic as well based off of the new uh series so. i mean
0: creep show is as relevant as ever with with fucking nicotero leading the fucking pack doing the yeah you no know, two seasons and the third season coming, right? I or think is it it's three yeah, I mean, three seasons with the fourth season coming.
1: Yeah, and I think it speaks volumes because we talk about a little recently. We recently met him him as well, and you know him put having his name on Walking Dead kind of, even though he should be in the spotlight always, but it kind of for the different younger generation or people who maybe don't know much about horror, they just know Walking Dead. That his now he's like kind of a. A huge name, like I said, he always should have been. But uh, um, putting his hands on a Creep Show just speaks volumes about the legacy of the you know the original and the sequel. And I know they did uh, a third one or whatever that didn't really have anything to do with it. But I think that I just say uh, it speaks volumes. You know what I mean? Like he was like, you know what? Like you know what'd be cool these days? Like let's do a Creep Show show. And uh, there's a market for it, obviously. So
0: yeah, absolutely uh but we see the fucking anim the animated uh animatronic creep come up to the window and fucking up to billy's or in billy's room which is fucking awesome it's classic it's legendary and we get the fucking opening credits which is iconic in the horror world i think creep show has some of the best opening credits because it's so ec comic booky and it's just so much fucking fun
1: yeah for sure i mean i'm I'm a big comic fan myself. I think it's cool to kind of when you can blend the two uh
0: together so as a favor to George, Ed Harris ends up playing uh Hank in Father's Day the first story now Father's Day is the first story in the creep show, and this one's kind of fucking i maybe call me crazy i think this one's they all have a same vibe but this one i feel like is just this one and the and they're creeping up on you the last two the first one and the last one are just like a tad bit like different and not even like different in vibe but just like a tad bit different than the the other three stories
1: i would agree yeah i kind of think um they're all like uh they're all kind of what's cool about creep show and i think is is uh all the stories I feel like really kind of do have a different feel to them. They're all kind of really like, they're all very different from each other. Sometimes you some of these other anthologies can be kind of the same story told over and over again. Um But you are right. I think like the opening and the closing of Creepshow, there is something you could tell just a, a little bit different than the middle stories for sure. Especially, uh, the end there. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I think that one kind of almost feels like it could be a completely different. Uh, yeah. You know, they're creeping up on you is just, I don't know. Maybe it's the setting, I guess, you know? It, def- uh, it know, definitely I, is. I know we'll get to that story, but.
0: Uh, That's a pandemic set right there. Just fucking EG Marshall and fucking the guy that sticks his face in the fucking Talkatron fucking. Yeah, it's Mr. Pratt.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is such a weird. It's such a weird concept that that one, but yes, totally. I mean, secluded in his fucking apartment, his high tech apartment. It's that's something that you could definitely get a modern day take on for sure.
0: Those little lights aren't twinkling, Clark. <laughs>
1: yes, and you know, shout out. To, I need to eat so I can take my back bills. The goddamn father-in-law, <laughs> Clark Griswold,
0: E.G. Marshall. Yes. Uh, so give us a little rundown, if you would, about Father's Day. give Give us a little synop.
1: Yeah, so I mean, you got the uh, what is the I, the last name of the family escapes me, but they're uh, we got the rich family,
0: um, Grantham.
1: Yeah, the Grantham family. I'm looking it up right now. I was like, what is the name of this family? Um, and apparently, their fortune is coming from a lot of uh, negative things. You know. Uh, the, which I don't even know, is this mentioned in the, in the story itself? Like when I'm looking at this Wikipedia here, it says, a uh, family's fortune through bootlegging fraud, extortion, and murder.
0: They like take touch upon it, but it isn't like broken down. Right. Um,
1: so you got Ed Harris. Also, you know, something else that I always forget about is John Amplis. I know we're going to get to the, uh, yeah,
0: playing fucking playing, playing the fucking The father. Right. The skeleton, the skeletonized version. Right. Do we have a,
1: you know what I was just thinking? Do we have BT? Did BT send you a synopsis?
0: He sent me like a thing about five years. Let's fucking see. We don't fucking play by the rules. Let's fucking see what BT had to say in that. Shit, did I delete it? Let's it's two and a half minutes long. I don't think he gave a full synopsis.
1: He gave us the, was it the five or what was the last one? Like
2: fuck, I can't believe it's been five years already. There's been lots of ups and downs. We discussed <laughs> the Friday the 13th franchise for like four hours, and we sent that out into the world with no edits. And you know, we I started doing my uh, drunk synopsis, but i'm not doing a synopsis today i just wanted to i mean i think the reason i'm not doing a synopsis is because it's creep show and there's like five stories and they're all so great i don't know if i could do it justice you know i'm just sort of nervous about that so you know sometimes you gotta I, I just love Heart God so much. Every time I'm involved in an episode, I, it brings me so much joy for the moment. Well, sometimes it, it gives me anxiety when I have to discuss something and I, I write down all these notes and then I have to have a couple drinks to, you know, just loosen up and talk, you know? But yeah, it's been five years. I hate that I have to miss the Creep Show episode because I'm a human being and I love that movie so much. Um, but I would just like to name some of my favorite episodes. Um, Friday the 13th, of course, I love being able to just talk for like four hours about movies I love. I hope we do an episode like that again. I'd love to talk the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Um, I loved when we discussed Alien and Aliens, and then we talked about doing Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection, and I, I hope we end up doing that again sometime, or I hope we end up doing that sometime, um, four years later. Um, this was more recent, I loved talking about Hello Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, one of the greatest of all time. <laughs> and yeah it's been five years i think that's something to celebrate i love you guys with all my heart all my heart creep show
1: did he really just end with creep show that's all he said (laughs) yeah Uh, that was my bad there. I thought BT was going to do his synopsis. Not, just- I thought he
0: was, too, because I didn't listen to that. But
1: uh, let me get back to uh, uh, Father's Day, of course. So, yeah. So, uh, basically, we have a father back in the day who's uh, the the head of this family. He wants a uh, – it's his birthday. He wants a birthday cake. He's demanding it. Um, and basically, it's his daughter, correct, who murders him. Yep with the ashtray, with an, an ashtray, but uh, it's staged as, a, as an accident. Um, years later, back at the family mansion there, she's drinking a little whiskey. Or it's not her, it's her daughter, right? Drinking the whisk? Yeah. Right, drinking the whiskey over at his graves, doing some celebration, uh, Spill some whiskey into the grave, and then we got John Amplis as the maggot head there coming back, the father... As a, I guess, what would you call him? Reanimated, zombie, whatever you want to call it. Yeah,
0: I like the, I guess a zombie, yeah.
1: And then single-handedly, uh, well, we'll say uh, gets rid of each family member.
0: Yeah, um, even, even Ed Harris, he, his his amazing dance skills couldn't save him.
1: And maybe one of the coolest uh, special effects, the, the head, the severed head the cake. Yeah. yeah fuck to end... Uh, the story but really? kind of a kind of a cool tale of just you know i guess uh, i don't want to call a family you know like uh we'll talk like tony collette will say a family drama <laughs> <laughs> but a cool story of just like uh you know how greed and how uh, you know just weird the uh, families like that can be and how uh stuff can drive you to madness basically
0: and um the colors they nailed yeah. all the comic colors they're so fucking oh, cool for sure. the back lights on stuff and it's bright and they have the fucking onomatopoeia and
1: yeah every i mean that's another thing about we're talking about linking uh, every story is like they really kind of nailed the vibe of with like the cinematography of the colors this one especially i think all of them did the, you know the next story with Jordy barrel um it's all uh, the cinematography is great. The light, uh, they, they put a lot of energy and effort into, into, I think getting that point across, you know what I mean?
0: Right. So we got, um, yeah, just so it's so fun that the, the head with the, the head on the cake platter with fucking, you know, the, the, the corpse of the father fucking holding, I want my cake, but like that's fucking like, uh, yeah, classic. It's so funny.
1: The way, uh, Yeah, the zombie or whatever, like, uh, kills each person is really, really cool. I mean, it's just kind of a... It's a classic story that's been told a bunch of times, but this is definitely an interesting take on it. I probably didn't sound uh, the most clear when I described it, but I think I got my point across.
0: I mean, we're explaining Creepshow. It's like explaining fucking the story of fucking (laughs) Jesus and Mary. I don't know.
1: I'd imagine most people have seen it. If you haven't seen Creepshow, of course. Come on now.
0: So... One of my favorites, my second favorite story, I'll say, is the Lonesome Death of Jordy Verrill, and Jordy Jordy Verrill is played by the one, the only, the writer, the king, Stephen King. Um, and this one obviously a much more comedic element, but still like creepy and sci-fi and awesome. We get um, Jordy Verrill plays like a, you know, like a pretty much like a. A lunkhead, Come on now. Um, he's a uh,
1: half-brain,
0: for sure. He's a half-brain, yeah, exactly. Half-brain, uh, farm boy, as it were, just fucking wearing some overalls, chilling in a fucking, <laughs> chilling in a house that's fucking off fucking South Court Street. Um, Definitely
1: some ball app shit, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, <laughs> a fucking, a meteor strikes down, and he goes to it, in his backyard, has these visions of fucking collecting all this money from fucking uh, a meteor. He fucking touches it. It gets on his hand. The fucking thing splits in half, and then he has visions of it fucking uh, getting a broken meteor, so they wouldn't give him fucking two cents for it. (laughs) Uh, But after touching that fucking meteor, he ends up start, you know, on his fingers, he starts growing grass or moss or weeds or whatever you want to call it on himself and for whatever reason this meteor just grows fucking weeds and grass fucking everywhere so he ends up getting overtaken and turns into like a fucking grass man, a weed man which is fucking amazing
1: Yeah, this one I feel like is, I mean, they're all, I guess, maybe have a little bit of comedy, but this one's definitely the one where it's kind of like the most out there, I guess you'd say. I don't know. I mean, they're all kind of out there, but you know what I mean? Like this one definitely, it's, it's creepy, but it's also like hilarious at the same time.
0: I love when uh when Waxwork put out the vinyl, the first edition of the vinyl, and they put out the green. It was called, I think it was called Lunkhead Green, but then they called it like, they called it like another variant Meteor Shit fucking whatever. Yeah.
1: Meteor Shit is the true. Yeah, that, that record was sick. I mean, that's also, I mean, Stephen King, like he doesn't, he hasn't acted a tremendous amount. I know he's got some cameos and some stuff, but this was, uh, this is a shining moments for sure. Yeah,
0: this was his most pro is, his most like a uh, deep role for sure is Jordy barrel. Uh, <laughs> and I love that it's played by him. It brings like a campy fun. I mean, this was really comic booky, like to me, this was so fun. It's that's why creep show is so fun to watch. They really capture Romero and King and everybody involved really captured like the lighting, making it look like a comic. All the little like, uh, word blurbs in between the transitions and the cuts between scenes turning like pages. It's so fucking fun. And you see a fucking, I guess you don't really think about it and we laugh about it, but he kills himself. He commits suicide because he's just been turned into a fucking Moss man. Yeah. I
1: mean, it's like what you're talking about with the mix of, uh. Like there's dark, it's like those movies or those stories where there's super dark shit happening, but it's also hilarious at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. This, this one, and that's obviously Stephen King, uh, the master of his craft. That's kind of what the, I mean, he's the one who wrote the story. So, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and it's cool that to have some of that perspective as well of him writing the story and also being able to act it out. You know what I mean?
0: Did you ever think beyond in this story that, like, that was the, like, cause of the meteor was to grow fucking grass and have it be, like, alien vegetation, like, spread on Earth or something? Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess you
1: really don't think about, like, what the overall meaning was. But, yeah, I mean, I think if you kind of question it, that does sound to... uh, That's kind of... If you were to expand on the story then i'd say yeah that's exactly what it was supposed
0: to be would love to see a, a sequel to the lonesome death of geordie you know now that we
1: talk about certain things like it's kind of um there is a lot i know we just covered it there is a lot of reminiscence of like body bags like in this like you could tell you know what i mean oh, like yeah. kind of okay. like this is like i know it's way different spectrums but the hair up epiz- is the hair uh segment of uh you know, body bags is like extremely similar, like in a yeah, different I mean, way, but similar. Uh, you know, comedic
0: I mean? overtaking him, like yeah, for sure. Uh we get a little part of the wrap around <laughs> the w- the wind starts blowing and it blows the voodoo doll, um, the voodoo doll ad to Billy, right? The story and. And then we get something to tide you over. Something to tide you over. Classic tale of fucking love, lust, and revenge, my friend.
1: Yeah, another um I mean all star cast in this one with the I'll let you explain it, but yeah, I mean Leslie Nielsen, Ted Danson, Galen Ross for the Romero fans out there. Um, this one is really cool. This one um, just the setting of this one I always liked, you know, it has that like fog type feeling.
0: Yeah, for sure. We get Galen Ross of fucking Dawn of the Dead fame. Come yeah. On. Ted Danson before he was huge, <laughs> hu- hugely known for When did what year did Cheers start? I don't know. You got to think
1: not too long after this I'm thinking, but
0: 82 it started in 82. There you go. See they knew they're on the cusp. I mean, you can pretty much thank Creepshow for Ted Danson's career. Come on now
1: i wonder what i uh, has t- uh i would like to hear what ted Danson has to say about Creep show i mean i know he's talked about it but um you know i i would like to sit you know let be someone cool to sit down with him and talk about this because he probably never gets asked about this you know what i mean
0: yeah yeah that's true um he gets asked about uh fucking what's the one where he played getting even with dad
1: <laughs> yeah with uh We'll call it Culkin. That's a good one.
0: What was the other one he was with when he was like, uh, with Whoopi Whoopi Goldberg?
1: Oh, were they like, uh, they have a daughter together? I I can't think of what it's called though, but I uh, I know exactly which one you're talking about. Hold right? on,
0: I'm gonna tell you here, right here. early, uh, let's see, he was in Three Men and a Baby. I remember that. Three Men a Little Lady made in America. There you go. Fucking amazing. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, we get Leslie Nielsen, the fucking king, to hot off the heels of Airplane and Airplane 2.
1: <laughs> uh, it's so weird that Leslie – I mean, not weird, but Leslie Nielsen, I feel like if you had mentioned him to anybody, he's going to say, you know, the naked gun stuff. But, you know, he's in – you got this, uh, prom night. So he dabbles. He definitely dabbles.
0: Now – Leslie Nielsen plays uh, Richard, who is a millionaire. His wife, played Becky, played by Galen Ross. Uh, and she's having an affair with Ted Danson's character, Harry. And he finds out and he fucking... He kidnaps them or uh, indisposed, gets them indisposed and then fucking buries them chin deep in the sand and puts fucking TVs to each one of them so they could see each other. It's fucking brilliant. This is actually fucking awesome. This is such an awesome concept. And it's written specifically for the film by King. It's So this one's fucking cool. And Leslie Nielsen plays a great psychopath.
1: He does. He does. Like I said, he kind of...
0: It's funny because he...
1: You don't think of... I mean, a lot of people probably wouldn't think of him in these type of films. But uh, he does a great job. Like, he definitely plays... He kind of looks like he would be, uh, you know, he play a good arrogant dick, like who's super rich. He just has that look to him, in my opinion, Um, and he shows his he shows his chops in this one for sure.
0: So he's pretty much playing. He's playing Harry, a picture or you know a video of of Becky. I mean, he's committed to a lot of extension cord here too. Uh <laughs> yeah. I mean, all the way out in the fucking beach Yeah, this ain't
1: 2022. I mean, he's uh, he's doing
0: it the old school way. Yeah, there ain't I mean. no fucking he's not holding an iPhone. Uh <laughs> He's got the old fucking Magnavox out there. Uh he's got a Zenith. Um
1: fucking Zenith.
0: <laughs> um so he's showing Harry fucking Becky gasping for air as the fucking tides coming in and pretty much like you know, he leaves Harry there for a while, comes back and pretty much just lets Harry watch Becky drowned via the mm-hmm. via the uh, television until the tide comes in and then sinks Harry's ass, too, and he drowns to death. And Richard's back in his uh, his humble abode in his den fixing, I don't know, fucking some kind of bourbon. Uh and enjoying the the fruits of his madness and uh then fucking becky and harry come back as water zombies and i hope you can hold your breath uh fucking amazing little story it's so fun like we were saying with body bags when we talk about the gas station fast straight to the point fucking there's no fucking like you don't even need a lot of story development. Like, boom, she's cheating. I got them up to their neck in fucking sand. I'm going to drown them. Fucking both. Up, let the tide, fucking kill them. And then they come back as fucking water zombies and fucking kill me. And I laugh in madness.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's such a, again, another such a like super simple story, like not a huge, like set or anything like that. You just got the house and the beach, uh, and three characters pretty much. But, and that's what I mean. That's like kind of the power of Romero. um, you know makes that story so huge you know what i mean and it, it, what i like about it too is again like some of these other stories um are some all these stories like are reminiscent of other things either before or after you know what i mean like right uh, yeah, that have paid homage to it or whatever but this one is really cool uh and that's just like a not to sound more but that's like a really interesting way to uh to kill somebody you know what i mean i mean yeah that's, uh, you know, he didn't just uh, stab him or something. I mean, he buried him in sand up to their necks and let the tide come in. That's just crazy.
0: And then he gets the same treatment. He gets buried up to his neck in the sand. And then, you know, he's got to hold his breath for a long time. Fucking he gets the same treatment. And exactly. that, that was just such a great ending too, with him screaming and laughing, just going mad. Like Leslie Nielsen, again, like a, a king, a legit king.
1: Yeah. I mean, when did when did Leslie Nielsen pass away?
0: Two
1: thousand. Two thousand ten, I, I think. Say, I mean, I'm trying to think of like the last thing I can because I mean I feel like it, he hasn't been gone for that long. But yeah, uh, dude was definitely dude was definitely a treasure. So
0: I'll tell you right now. Two thousand ten. November two
1: thousand ten. Right. Gotcha. Uh. Yeah, definitely a king. I mean, definitely I think it's awesome that he like I said, he, he kind of uh he jumped into the horror, you know. He's in two pretty iconic films, of course, in the horror. It might even be more, for all I know, but uh, the two that stand out obviously is this and Prom Night.
0: Dracula Dead and loving it. <laughs> that <laughs> counts, I guess, right? Fucking amazing. Um, yeah, the the again, they're killing it with the lighting. It just looks so fucking great, so perfect, so comic booky. But that brings us to my favorite story in creep show and i uh, i'm interested to hear what your favorite is too but the fucking crate
1: yeah i mean this i think this i was thinking about this before we we're gonna do this if this was i would say the crate is probably my favorite as well it's gotta I be mean, right i think i mean obviously it's probably the most celebrated
0: right should, i mean here's my only qualm with creep show should they have ended with the crate uh yeah i mean i do think
1: um I I, like they're creeping up on you is probably my least favorite
0: I will say. So I love it, but it's my least favorite too. And it just seems like it was the wrong closer, but I feel like, I don't know. Like maybe they just didn't know what to do, how to do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like how do you end something like this? But the crate is by far the best story. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, and again, I think it's it's your your favorite.
1: uh, I would say it's, i mean i would I would think i i would say it's that or something that tied you over i I do think the I love the vibe of something that tied you over, but I mean, I just think the crate is like i don't know probably the most fun, you know what I mean like and I think that's the one that's celebrated the most, I would say as well um I could be wrong about that, but I think uh fluffy you see fluffy kind of everywhere, right,
0: yeah, yeah, so this is an interesting story and i feel like they gave the most detail in this story this story definitely got the most love the most detail like i mean they all got great effects but like this one got like the most detail i don't know it didn't get like a generic zombie or water zombies or grass man it got a <laughs> dedicated strictly created character and yeah yeah
1: like an original monster you would say you know yeah I they mean... knew what they were
0: doing they knew what they had for um, sure, for sure. So we get fucking Dexter, played by Fritz Weaver, uh, who's a professor there. Um, and we get fucking his uh, another professor, Henry Northrop, played by a legit king who just passed in his nineties. The the king fucking hell motherfucking Holbrook.
1: I know hell Holbrook is just. I mean the term world-class comes to mind you know the guy was a world-class actor
0: and if you're uh, unfamiliar with hale holbrook the fucking fog fucking the sopranos like way smaller role in sopranos but like the fog fucking classic uh what, what else was he in he was in escape from new york right
1: yeah yeah i mean i i, I think we're probably butchering uh, old hale right now but uh because he's probably been acting since he was like fucking 19. Uh you know, into the wild, Lincoln, I mean, the guy's acted in what 133 things. Jesus. Some obviously a lot of film towards the end of his career. He was on Sons of Anarchy as Gemma's mother or mother her uh wow. father. Uh yeah, I mean so much stuff, so much stuff, so.
0: Yeah. Uh just the fucking man. Um we get fucking Adrian Barbeau uh as fucking Billy Wilma, affectionately known as Call Me Billy, um, <laughs> who is just like a rude over the top, you know, she's the gal to I mean, is she the wife? I guess she's the wife, right? They never say do they ever say that she's the wife, or is she just like the the, the girlfriend?
1: Uh I don't think it's like said, but yeah, I think. I think wife. I think wife, yeah. He's
0: emotionally abusive. She's fucking super fucking, just like a sharp-tongued, like, kind of a drunk, and just like a... She's an upfront cunt.
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, she she does a great job, too. Yeah, she's just that kind of Which- uh, drunk, uh, obnoxious, controlling... Uh, awful human being.
0: Well, if you've ever met Adrian Barbeau in person, complete opposite to what Adrian Barbeau truly totally <laughs> is. He's yes. the sweetest person in the world. 100%. And that's what, you know, that's the beauty of
1: acting right there for sure. So,
0: so, um, so, uh, Dexter is kind of the, he's like, he's, it's alluded that he's quite the womanizer, sees younger students. And Henry, played by Holbrook, is fucking, like... He's the more mild manner, conservative, like, balls-in-the-purse fucking guy. Uh, and Billy's the dom... The dom. Dominatrix. For sure,
1: yeah. Uh, Holbrook just playing, like, the kind of down-to-earth, really quiet, really nice guy. Maybe walked uh, People walk all over him a little bit. And I think they make it a point to, like, show that early in the episode as well, just because of how it plays out.
0: And he's already having visions of like when Billy's being obnoxious at parties, he's already having visions of shooting her in the fucking head and people are golf clapping. Um, so he has a hatred for his, his, his lover. Yes.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's probably a classic story of, uh, you're in a relationship, not saying us, of course. Jesse and I are very happy in our relationships with our significant others. We don't want to shoot them in the head. <laughs> not that they're probably listening. But yes, it is uh, apparent that uh, hell fucking bottling all that shit up and it's about to blow.
0: So there are two professors at this college. Uh, the fucking janitor drops a quarter as he's cleaning this like uh, I guess it's just like a lab or something. And it goes under the stairs under like uh you know under the stairs in the in a graded area he gets back there and he sees a fucking crate and the crate as i've we've talked about that i've talked about this on max's podcast is says ship to holricks university via julia carpenter arctic expedition june nineteenth eighteen thirty four so obviously i mean it's same year as carpenter's movie it's obviously a fucking a tribute to that like right it's i i mean it's i don't know if it's ever been confirmed but it definitely is right
1: uh yeah i mean you would i would think so i would think there's some sort of or maybe like a tip of the cap you know like cuz
0: adrian was with john at this point cuz yeah, had already so. had cody i think
1: probably a tip a tip of the cap to you know you know two masters
0: i want to say i want to I want to make something up. And start, since with all the wrestling rumors going on right now with CM Punk and the elite and AEW, I'm going to start my own rumor that they had during the filming, they went and saw a screening of John Carpenter had everyone over. <laughs> and then they said they decided right there that they were going to put it on the crate. And this one the rumor started. Um, but yeah, hey, so, he he sees the fucking the crate under there, and uh, he comes across the wooden crate, and he calls uh he calls Dexter uh to fucking come and check out the crate with them. They check out the crate, and this fucking furry crazed fucking Arctic ape monster eats the fucking janitor.
1: <laughs> I mean, in one of the. Fluffy definitely, in my opinion, like one of the coolest creatures. Oh,
0: so sick. So sick. I mean, the,
1: what they did was they, in my opinion, the work with him is uh, you know, it's the same thing, where it's scary as shit, but it's also a little, like the face is a little bit comedic, you know what I mean?
0: Right. Um. Yeah, exactly. Where it's like, it's borderline funny as fuck. Um, <laughs> and then Dexter's obviously completely freaked out, goes to Henry, Um. And then they go back there. They or, or wait, what happens first? Do they go and get the kid with the glasses first? Don't they go back with the kid with the glasses and then that kid gets fucked up?
1: Yeah, they grab him uh to, to you know, tell him what's up and try to show him. And yeah, then he ends up getting.
0: And then he goes to Henry and then Henry helps him clean up all the shit. Yes. <laughs> and then Henry, as he fucking he drugs up Dexter he fucking writes the note to... He has the uh, the idea. I was like, I'm going to feed fucking Billy to this goddamn thing. Amazing. Thinking on his feet.
1: Yeah, I mean, Jesus, there's a way to... Uh, yeah, I mean, keep your hands
0: clean, right? And uh, so writes a note and pretty much says, like, Dexter got himself into some trouble with a young girl. um, And she's reading it, you know, drinking a fucking cognac or whatever. What indeed, Henry? What indeed? Uh <laughs> and uh she ends up going there and thinking there's a girl scared under the staircase that Dexter fucking essayed, um, or something. And lo and behold, you know, he tries to wake this fucking thing up and slamming Billy against it, telling it to fucking wake up. And then she does herself in, though, because Fluffy did not like her insulting Henry and saying that no good and bad. <laughs> uh and that pissed Fluffy off, and Fluffy ate that ass. Yeah, you don't, uh... as we all would with fucking young Adrian Barbeau. Oof, you said it, brother. You said it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I would have put up with the. I probably would have put up with her berating me like she did. The whole
0: day. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, and then he fucking pretty much like goes to Dexter, and like he has now assumed a dominant role in his life where he is now no longer going to be taking shit from anyone. And Dexter is almost like afraid of Henry after he kind of like susses out what happened here.
1: Yeah. The tides have turned the tides turned. Like I said, I think that's kind of, that's cool how they show uh, in such a short story, the character developments.
0: you know what I mean? Like, a... yeah. Talk about that's character development right there. You could show the fucking crate. To all these fucking would-be, wannabe fucking Blumhouse cocksuckers that try to write some fucking ghost story in fucking 2022 or some fucking stupid, one of these stupid fucking horror movies that make fucking, you know, kids come out because it's a fucking (laughs) A24 film or a fucking Blumhouse film. You could show them a lot. You could take the guy that made Men and show him the crate and be like, see, you wasted so much fucking time, money, and people's fucking efforts. You could have just done the crate, something like the crate, bro. You hey, dumb prick.
1: I can't even talk about the men right now. We t- this would be two uh, two episodes in a row we mentioned men, and I can't even. <laughs> but yes, I'm 100% in agreement with you. Um, sometimes, especially nowadays, things get overcomplicated, and, uh, and it can be good or bad, I guess. But. Uh, you know this creep show is perfection so the it's, best. Masters, it's masters at what they do getting together and, and and with some amazing actors and actresses and and yeah like i said i mean i know we still have the last you're still going to explain the last story but um like i said the pillar of horror anthologies i mean how many horror anthologies have come out since then um a lot there's some great ones of course recent day you would think of like you know trick-or-treat obviously people hold which if you're gonna i guess that's kind of an anthology of course but uh uh yeah creep shell remains at the top in my opinion
0: and before we move on to it's creeping up on you i will say this it's um it's it's so good it's that ending of the crate though With him creating, like locking up Fluffy and his hands are chilling there. And then he throws it into the quarry. I don't know why. That's my favorite thing about Creepshow is just that imagery and like the score and like Fluffy floating down into the water. And then his eyes like popping out under the water. And like, that's just amazing. That's an old time horror. Like, just like they delivered so hard with this one. They delivered so good. 100%
1: like it's like we talk about like a lot too. like the intricacies like that sometimes nowadays people maybe don't care about and I'm not a filmmaker and I'm not in the business of course I don't know I'm just a fan who watches but it seems to me like uh things the the intricacies of a film back then were much more important like you're talking about with like the score or lighting or just little things that are going to help uh, like a tiny, tiny scene that's going to help the overall story come together. Just so the little, the cherries on top, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And I feel like that kind of gets uh, lost nowadays. Um, and this, they're they're all over in creep show.
0: Yep. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's they're creeping up on you. Is I had I used to. I'm not going to lie to you. When I was younger, when I was a young a young lad. I would 100% not finish creep show. After the crate, I would shut it off. Now I have a much more <laughs> uh, I have a greater appreciation for the creeping up on you and I think it's really funny and I fucking love their creeping up on you. I don't think it's the strongest story but I have right. a lot of fun with it.
1: I'm right there with you like I you know I don't hate any of of the stories but yeah I mean if you were to you know force me to rank them I would I would put this as my least favorite Uh, and it's nothing against any of it really like the actor, the acting by Marshall or anything like that. It's just uh, the other stories are just so good. And I feel like I just connect with them a little bit more.
0: Yeah, 100%. And so this one shows Pratt who is like a fucking scientist living in this white fucking sterile environment of his <laughs> thing and he's got a, an electronic like suck holes for trash and he's very sterile and he's got the fucking wild fucking hair he looks like a mad scientist but he's extremely rich right isn't he? he's a scientist right i'm not fucking wrong uh
1: he's like a businessman like a, B- a businessman i, I think it's Why like is, a bi- i like
0: always a- confuse that because i always think he's a, some kind of fucking scientist
1: no, yeah, I think he's just like kind of a. He, I think that maybe his business is science related, but yeah, he is like kind of a like a. He owns a company. He's like a mogul or something like that.
0: Oh, he suffers for. He's pretty much like a like a germaphobe. Gotcha. Uh, rendered to living in a hermetically sealed penthouse. For some reason, I thought that was like just part of his gimmick. Like I didn't think it was like something that it was an actual phobia. But I guess yeah, it is. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I mean. There's everything now,
0: electric locks, surveillance cameras. this guy's fucking clearly all fucked up uh and uh it's uh yeah, so he's like a ruthless businessman. I don't know why I thought he was a scientist uh and he pretty much gets overrun by cockroaches, and he's just like he's literally like a just like a a deplorable fucking you know one percenter. And not like the motorcycle club one percenter, the one percenter no, yeah. who have a lot of fucking money.
1: Yeah, basically, like he's just a rich another again another just rich asshole who doesn't seem to care too much about other people's feelings or or uh, you know how they feel about things. He, as long as he's getting his way, and they kind of they take that character and they they add in all the phobias. You know what I mean?
0: And uh, it's 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 again a pretty simple story straight to the point like he's obviously like he doesn't care that one of his fucking guys committed suicide and pratt is like happy about that um it's and and, you know ironically enough cockroaches overtake him you know something he probably thinks everyone is to him a cockroach and then they overtake him
1: yeah definitely a little bit of uh definitely some metaphors in that is uh, for sure. Um, Maybe people who are below him for sure. And then he ends up getting run over by, or, you know, overrun with a disgusting, you know, (laughs) bottom of the barrel insect of that you would never find in a place like uh, he would live in or his actual place. Since it's, you know, futuristic and, and airtight, sealed, clean, white, Super futuristic like for sure. Yeah, that's always the vibe I got from this as well as like, um, you know, his apartment obviously is nothing like every you really see. It's like oh, it looks like a big lab itself, like a laboratory itself.
0: Yeah, it's uh now that ending scene where he gets overtaken and they're just like fucking pulsing in his dead body, and then they, he like they like bust out of him. Those were shipped from Madagascar to the set, and they fucking Savini said that like all the shit that they were using, like that went back to like wherever they rented it from. He's like, he's like, there's Madagascar cockroaches that are still breeding to this day in Pennsylvania <laughs> because of that. And I can
1: imagine, I mean, they probably can only imagine how many they actually had. I think he says that something about how many they had, but
0: uh, and they just, didn't. It's funny. Cause he said that like, they didn't recover them all.
1: yeah, I mean, I can only be they scatter like crazy i don't i can't imagine they had somebody just fucking <laughs> run around fucking wrangling uh cockroaches so i'm sure nobody really wanted to be around him
0: And it, it's uh yeah it's just it's a cool simple story again not the best story in the in the bunch but cool nevertheless and it's uh it's uh you know, we're back to We're back to the epilogue, you know, the the wrap up story. Right. And uh we get um we get Savini, Marty Schiff and fucking Savini <laughs> playing the garbage <laughs> bed, which is I don't know why when the ones hold it the when Savini just yells at me goes, What? Yeah. <laughs> fucking pops. Savini me is day. like
1: Savini, like in the roles that he's had, small like this or big, is has so much charisma. And you're right, like that shit is hilarious. He, and I'm glad that he he sneaks into uh, the cast as well, not just behind the scenes.
0: I mean, he this is one of his most uh, important works, I think, for his special effects. Everything's so fucking awesome in this. It's so fucking cool. Yeah, I
1: mean, every segment has. Amazing special effects, memorable, memorable
0: okay. special effects.
1: And I want to say this this is just not really about Sabini, but about the whole uh film altogether. Every episode, if you think about it, is very, when it comes to like setting and uh cast, is very, very small. Other than the crate, the crate kind of shows you a couple different places. You see the inside of a house, you see a party, you see the lab and the school, but like you know, this one just in E.G. Marshall's house. Uh, something to tide you over is really just the house and the beach. Uh, v- Jordy Veral's just a, you know his house and the exteriors, um, and that's what I think is really cool about this too is they're all kind of like in their own secluded like areas uh, for such big stories. Yeah, and um, and I think it has to do with a lot of things. Obviously, the directing with Romero, the story writing with King, the acting with everyone. Um, it's like we said, every every story has amazing acting in it as well and that's kind of why i think that like uh creep show holds up again uh as like the best if not you know one of the best if not the best anthology is just everywhere you look writing directing you know wherever acting special effects there's just legends you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. um and uh, like we talked about the intricacies of everything you know uh, soundtrack and Backstory things and nods to maybe other stories and lighting and just everything. It just all ties it together. Um, and then, yeah, the the epilogue here with what happens at the end as well. Uh, kind of the comes full circle with Atkins and and uh, Joe Hill as well.
0: And yeah, so Savini and, and Marty Schiff are the car garbage men that are obviously ha- having the time of their lives, fucking just picking up garbage. Uh, and they come on the creep show book that is on the curb and they see the advertisement for the voodoo doll. Um, but you know, it's fucking been redeemed already. And uh then we go to Billy, who is has created the voodoo doll for his father, Tommy Atkins, <laughs> and fucking stabs the fucking piss out of the voodoo doll and kills his dad.
1: Yeah, which is just hilarious. Like again, you see the it's like a little victory for the horror and comic fans when you're young you know you, you want this kid to be able to celebrate that stuff his dickhead dad has given him shit comes full circle where he him at the end i have fully i fully believe that my brother bt has definitely made a voodoo doll of me and probably kicked the shit out of it in this day so luckily i'm still that's here. why
0: you're that's why your leg bled all over the fucking garage and that is morning.
1: that probably he might <laughs> it that day i'm guessing
0: he fucking. Well, yeah, just took like, a, he took a sharp end of a combo and raked it across <laughs> the fucking leg.
1: And this is again what I was talking about with the intricacies. Is like they're st- they're putting the emphasis or they're putting this at, uh, effort into the 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 epilogue, the ending, and like yeah. the, and what they put into the intro too. It's like not just the main the five stories. They're also giving you more, um, you know, they're bringing that full circle as well. And I think that's just like the coolest shit as, as well
0: no for real and then it ends with the creep fucking laughing with the book in his hand and that's the fucking that's creep show and we got 40 years we've creep shows been around and i think it's it ju- i mean obviously with the the resurgence the show being on shutter with necotero and yeah. creep creep shows is alive and well and there's a new fucking creep which i think the new creep looks awesome like i love yeah, the new creep show yeah. show like anything where we can preserve and keep the the idea and the legacy of George Romero and at this point even too Stephen King um alive and we got to talk about the ashtray the ashtray shows up in every segment yep. and i'm pretty sure the ashtray showed up in the show so far too I agree yes it has um
1: i know like i know you know obviously this this film had a had a uh, two years later had a sequel um, and then I had another sequel later on that had nothing to do with it. And then, like I said, the research, uh, Nick Cotero put his hand on the show and it really, he really kind of was his baby. Um, you know, he directed a lot of it produced, uh, with some other people as well. And it, um, I just think it's, like I said, it speaks volumes to the legacy of this creep show. A lot of people, horror fans, you know, probably would put creep show as some, one of their favorite movies ever, but definitely the top of the horror anthology. um, if anyone hasn't checked out the show, they should, because it's great stuff. You know, I mean, um, and, it, and it helps, uh, you know, horror lives on. You know what I mean? This it's it's continuing the creep show, uh, whatever you want to call it, little uh, the neighborhood of creep show just keeps getting bigger because of it. And, uh, and, you know, so if there's anybody out there who hasn't seen any of these, definitely go check them out.
0: I think we got to do a creep show, too, by the end of the year now. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah, we, we for sure do love creep show too um yeah man it's I mean George is just so important Savini's so important Stephen King's so important we've done those Stephen King episodes It's like one of the f- third or fourth episodes we did I think where uh the Stephen King episode um fun
1: yeah yeah Stephen King uh just if I could just say I know I've said it before you know in my in my household I have a brother who's really close in age with me and we what we grew up kind of watching He's three years younger. We grew up watching uh, movies together and and falling in love with horror. Uh, But my father, who probably these days, doesn't he doesn't read or really I'd imagine now and probably doesn't get to watch as many movies as he'd like. But growing up, Stephen King was always around for us. My dad used to read. He loved Stephen King and there used to be Stephen King books around all the time. So um, we would watch his movies, you know, probably at young ages, younger than maybe we should have, I guess, but um this is the first time i saw a creep show it was my father uh it was on one of the it was on television but at the time i couldn't even tell you what station but we watched it on tv the first time uh, i saw it um so stephen king just means a lot to me you know because of a nostalgia like that you know what i mean like my father uh it was one of his he's one of his favorite things like i said i think he kind of fell out of it a bit but back then it was really big for him i know you earlier said that you can't remember a time where you didn't know creep show but i was just curious of the origins of like you seeing it
0: i probably couldn't tell you the first time i saw it because i just remember it being around and i will be completely honest with you i 100 remember the second one being probably i seeing that one before this before the original creep show okay um just trying to like think back and and try to you know not be cool guy be like of course i saw the first creep show first um i no, definitely I 100% remember the raft and and old chief wooden head at a young age like 100% remember watching those like i couldn't tell you the first because i was just, i mean i say it and i don't say it to try to be a cool guy at all like i saw some of these movies so young like i was watching these movies at such a young age because my right. parents just like didn't care and i think to a credit like uh, and, and don't get me wrong. I uh, People know their kids, like, I think pretty well. So they know what they can handle and what they can't handle. And I don't know if my parents is probably 75%. They didn't care. 25% they knew I probably wouldn't be affected by it. And anything, any effect that's been had on me, it's all been positive because I'm fucking just like so in love with these movies all these years later. And have such a nostalgic effect. I do remember, I want to say it was like the mid-90s, and I remember, I want to say it was probably around then when I watched Creep Show in full for the first time. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of
1: these movies, and you know, I mean, I, I'll just add to what you're saying. Like, we've seen so many fucking movies at this point. <laughs> like, movies that we love. Sometimes it gets like, you, you don't even remember when you saw it because you've seen it so many fucking times at this point, too. You know what I mean? That's
0: what I'm saying. And but I know I, we... Keep going, I'm sorry. I remember when I, like... I'll say this I I remember when I fell in love with the first crave show and I want to say I couldn't tell you the year you know I'm I'm usually pretty good with years and times and dates but I can't tell you the I, I can't tell you the year but it was probably like between like 90 I don't know dude like 97 to 2000 somewhere in that range that 3 year range I right, remember yeah. it was like a fucking i could be wrong maybe it was memorial weekend or it was one of those weekends like actually i think i'm not trying to say this to just be like oh it lines up perfectly we're labor day weekend you know we're um as we're just past labor day weekend but um i want to say i watched it around labor day weekend like right before school started and it might have been like 2000 or something i don't know but that's what yeah, I, I I think,
1: Like I said, it's it's it gets tough. Like I think about some other like I feel the same way about most films. Like,
0: but if I, I watched, didn't have
1: like that nostalgia factor. I feel I would be like, yeah, I can't remember.
0: It, exactly. It's the nostalgia is like it muddies things for you. But the I remember watching the crate like so many times. Like and like I said, I think that that and something tied you over. I was always like po- probably popping it on like in the middle on like HBO or whatever it was on. But I remember watching it in full around that time, and it was right before like school started. And I just like thought about Creepshow so much after watching it in full that time, and yeah. I was just like so like enamored and like pumped on Creepshow, and that, that's when I was like fully in love with like Creepshow. It was one of my favorites, and it's probably my fate my favorite Romero non dead film.
1: Yeah, that's we I know we've had that discussion many times. I think we even talked about doing that on the pod. I don't do we ever do that on the pod? I don't think we did, but we might have. I can't remember.
0: We did but, the Romero top films, but um I don't know if did we exclude the dead in that one? I don't know if we did.
1: Yeah, I can't remember. That's well that's what 5 years of the show will do, to you, I guess, but yeah. uh I don't you wish you could go back in time and uh re-watch some of these movies for the first time just get that same feeling
0: oh absolutely
1: you know what i mean like i'm and i know this maybe sound like an, a like kind of a jaded or an elitist thing to say but like i don't know if i'll ever especially i guess in horror like i don't know if i'll ever feel that way again i mean there's some movies that come out that you're like really kind of you're, you're pumped on like but like i don't know i remember seeing like some of the classics for the first time and it's just like you know, I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's a, an amazing feeling. But you still feel it a little bit when you watch them. But like that first watch is like you're blown away when you were like in your discovery years of finding all that stuff.
0: Yeah, those. I mean, it's special times for sure. And like that's the thing. You get older, you you starts to get muddy when you first watched it or something like that. But uh regardless, I mean, creep show forty years. Like I feel like I feel like we've almost done. Creepshow a disservice for not doing a legacy week for Creepshow. <laughs> You're probably right, but... Hey, we had to we, celebrate the fucking five-year anniversary with something. What better than body bags and fucking Creepshow? Yeah, we knocked it out. We finally we knocked it out, so... Well... Sure. Uh sure. And to beat something BT alluded earlier about doing that Elm Street series, I think we're gonna... We gotta do that at some point, this coming up. I know we've talked about doing it several times... But can we do it in one setting? Is the real the real task?
1: I don't know. That would be have to be like if we're doing it to like maybe if we're all in the same room.
0: Maybe if we be... do. Maybe if we come when we come down for, uh, Oaks Monster Mania.
1: Yeah, November
0: that could work. For that's sure. Dream Warriors and Robert England weekend. Maybe we have to do it then. Yeah,
1: that uh, we might have to plan that for sure. We should. I'm. I'm also. We'd also be remiss not to talk about the. Uh, the creep show experience we had a couple years ago when we saw this on the big screen at the drive-in. Yeah,
0: Mahoning on Mahoning
1: Drive-In. Halloween weekend. Halloween weekend. What was that? Two years ago? Yeah, two years ago. Halloween weekend. They showed this
0: uh, from Dust Till Dawn. From
1: Dust Till Dawn. And that was really cool. Awesome. Just being able to see this on the big screen and see it like at a drive-in.
0: With Savini doing signings there, of course.
1: Yeah, Savini. We met Savini for the whatever time and he was cool and if anybody is in the Pennsylvania Southeast PA, or even in New York, definitely check out the Mahoning Drive-In in Mahoning and Le- the Lehigh Valley area, of Pennsylvania. They they show stuff like every single weekend, a lot of great horror stuff, and um, they got they have people there from uh, you know stars from films, and they do signings, and they put a lot of energy and effort into that. Uh, so definitely check them out sometime if you if you have a chance.
0: One hundo um fuck yeah so yeah this has been five years and uh fuck yeah we did body bags with dan we me and eric just did fucking creep show shout out to everyone that's appeared and been a part and helped out and had fun with us and we're gonna do fucking another five years maybe we'll we've been pretty consistent this year we've been not too bad
1: yeah i mean i think like i said i think we what the beauty of this is uh of of the pot is we do it our, you know, your way, our way. We, you know, we don't really. I feel like there's people who feel like they have to do a certain thing or do a, a certain way. Um, I think we keep everyone pretty engaged, and, and and hopefully they enjoyed just hearing this bullshit. So,
0: and if they don't fuck it, we're at least fucking. We're hashing out and fighting with each other about our lists and shit. <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: Uh but yeah, uh, fuck yeah, try us, uh, try us out if you haven't. I don't have what else to fucking say. Uh, uh, give us a listen if you haven't. Tell your fucking friends that are horror fran- Fiends. But also, we we do non-fucking horror movies, too. We do action movies. Maybe we'll do some back-to-school movies. Maybe we'll do fucking Ferris Bueller's Day Off or something here now that we're in September.
1: Yeah, we, def- Ferris would be a lot of fun. I mean, we did uh, Fast Times Original High not that long ago. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Ferris Bueller, that's one, actually, I'm surprised we haven't touched.
0: Maybe we'll do that as a back to school special. Yeah, there you go. That'd maybe awesome. we'll maybe after cuz the we got an episode coming next week and then maybe we'll do a couple fucking back to school episodes with some high school uh some high school movie 80s movies.
1: For sure. Maybe even sneak in you know we should uh, I know we could talk about this off air but we could sneak in some maybe like some 2000s. It'd be fun to the, the 2000s. Yeah, yeah, like of the, course. Or late 90s, early 2000s, there's some good ones in there too. That'd be fun to talk about.
0: Maybe we'll do a list of top teen, high cool. school teen movies.
1: That'd be cool because there's throughout the years too. Yeah, you
0: go 80s, 90s, 70s.
1: That's, yeah, that's clutch. So we might have to do that actually. Yeah, we might, yeah. we maybe we'll do that.
0: Ferris and we'll do that. Yeah,
1: plot. I was gonna say that's uh, you could really. We'd have to really be specific on that one because there's other movies that are like in horror that are people in high school. It's like you have to decipher, you know. I don't know,
0: but do yeah. We say, do we say non horror? Our, t- our top ten non horror high school movies. I
1: would say non horror because there's like so many great horror movies that take place like in or, like around a high school, or at least kids who are in high school. They right. allude to that, so for sure we we'll have to do that.
0: Yeah, follow on Instagram and Twitter at HeartGuide Media. Podcast name is Sight and Sound, if you haven't uh, realized that yet. You can listen on Spotify, Apple Music, fucking CastBox, and a couple other fucking random ones. But Apple Apple Music or Apple Podcasts and Spotify are the main two. They're the only ones that probably count, especially when you're a podcast like us. Um, Yeah. Fuck yeah. Five years. Let's do some more. 100%.